Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Happy Sunday. Hey, so I'm watching this um, this Fox News video just a moment ago. It's not Fox News video. It's it's somebody's home video. And it shows the cops in New York City, and they're arresting this guy. And, and then uh, the crowds, there's crowds of people all around the cops, and they're antagonizing the cops. Just this, this, I can't play the audio because I, there's, I'd have to bleep out every second of it. But all the people, while they're trying to arrest this guy who's resisting, are calling them MFs and this and that and... And uh, some guy in the crowd attacks one of the cops, and the cop goes after him. And the guy in the crowd gets the cop in a headlock, and everybody's celebrating in the video. And it is, um, and he goes, uh, yeah, after the guy got away, he goes to the cop. He goes, yeah, he smoked you, bleep. And so there's something, we already knew this, but there's something wrong uh, in the streets, I would say, right now when it comes to the way um, the way people feel about law enforcement that's, Quite a bit of breaking news from me, huh? Like as if we didn't know that. But it is really crazy. And if you didn't, it, to get into the mindset a little bit of, of why that is, listen to the last podcast uh, with Coach T, a guy um, who who's out in L.A., who's who's lived in um, and worked with, he still does work with a lot of at-risk youth. So a lot of these guys are minority guys who are getting in trouble are in, in are in the court system and he's trying to help them to keep them away from being being sucked into the criminal justice system where they won't emerge for years and may not be uh, come out any better and rehabilitated maybe not have any skills to reenter the community and there you go but there is this this thing in the in communities where people hate cops now so with in my own experience with people who hate cops, friends of mine, it's always been people who've been arrested a lot. <laughs> they don't like cops. I've got friends who were – I've known people and hung around people who have been arrested for all sorts of stuff, whether it's being arrested for uh, soliciting uh, prostitution or DUIs or 
uh, drug or alcohol arrests, etc. And all these guys who have been arrested, they hate police. They hate them and they call them awful things. And um, when you have a lot of incursions with the police and they, uh, you feel like they're hassling you when you're doing whatever you want to do and if you've got no moral compass or you're trying to make money on the streets, uh, then you'd probably uh, take uh, umbrage to have being obstructed by law enforcement and being uh, and having your operation or whatever you're doing shut down. And I can understand it. And I also understand I've had some bad negative incursions with uh, police officers as well. Nothing. I was never wrestling with anybody or getting a comp in a headlock. But there's a there. That's a that's a societal problem. I don't think anybody would say that it, it is not. When we had Joyce Farabo Bowling, who's a, a political consultant, and we can say community activist, she said that they hated the cops because the cops never showed up. Other people I've talked to said they hate the cops because the cops hassle young black men. And um, who knows? I, I can tell you this. In Boston, we our police chief is William Gross, and uh, police commissioner, he's an impressive guy. And I think the Boston police have bent over backwards to try to work with the community but that is that so there is a crime spree happening in cities philadelphia through the roof new york city is through the roof some of these numbers around the country minneapolis through the roof I'm not surprised there i mean it was through the roof i assume in stats just in the in that last uh, the, a few weeks in march uh, may and june some of these places it's up 100 percent in the country the number of reasons for this one is you know, and I should tell you about this. I went out just the other night uh, to, I live up here near Newburyport, Massachusetts, which is up at the top. It's the head part of Massachusetts. Next to me is a place called Haverhill, Massachusetts. Haverhill's got a little bit of a city. They've got a little bit of crime. But I went out there a couple of nights ago, about 9.30, just to, to do a little shopping. And, um, and, uh, and there were dudes like on my tail. And like they were like harassing in the streets, and I thought, wow, even up here, it's like lawlessness. There's lawlessness happening in all sorts of cities because the cops have been dialed back. If you're a cop anyway, I mean, I wouldn't you just? I'd stay in my squad car. I, I don't want to deal with having my life over, even after risking my life, having your name destroyed. You never know what's going to happen anymore. This is these are cultural tribunals happening. Uh, on social media, you, people dox you in a second and just hound you and destroy your life for simply doing your job. And so obviously the criminals know that this is, it's it's open season. And, uh, and cops and municipalities have made it clear that they're not going to support the cops. So in New York City, it's through the roof. And like we said, Philly and other cities, crime is through the roof. Tragically in Atlanta, there was that shooting, which we did talk about, an eight-year-old girl was shot and killed, which is something that's just incredible. Just incredible. And we've had, we talked about, you know, people, the media still does everything they can to minimize what's going on and and, and treat everybody else like they're being uh, melodramatic about the whole thing. And it's crazy. I and mean, it's just so, it's not only is it disrespectful, but it's, it's disgusting. Last week... Uh, Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon were joking about the, the, these reports about crime being up. Lemon says, oh, my God, it's so bad, as he uh, smirkily uh, declares in mocks 
people complaining about uh, the the crime spree. Uh, the, he and Cuomo say crime is rising as they defund the police. They're joking around in their in their segment. It's incredible, but the fact is that over one thousand five hundred people have been shot in Chicago, almost nine hundred in Philadelphia, and more than five hundred in New York so far in twenty twenty. All up significantly from the same time last year. Last year, Chicago's numbers were thousand eighteen. They already remember at fifteen hundred. Last year in Philly, it was seven hundred and. Uh, one, um, and right now it's already at 900, and New York last year was 355, and like we've said, um, there's 500 already this year. So there is a crime spray. Now, part of this is probably the fact that some of these municipalities released prisoners because of the COVID thing, and these, these are violent prisoners. You can label somebody nonviolent all you want, and a lot of these cases are pled down to other charges. But it's crazy. Atlanta is up in shootings by 20% compared to the same time in 2019. Over the 4th of July weekend, 30 people were shot in Philly. They've uh, had homicides spike upwards of 30% compared to 2019. And it's funny. It's it's really it's not funny, but it's it's tragic. But the way that the progressives and the left and and, it, and when I say progressives, I'm talking about white middle class progressives. And you just have to look at Melrose, Massachusetts, where the police and the mayor had to apologize because somebody wrote "All Lives Matter" on a traffic sign. You can know where their priori- priorities are. So they're saying, "Oh no, the crime might be up." These these mayors of these big cities, but but you know, it's it's the COVID. The COVID's doing it. Uh, no, it's not the COVID doing it. It's you doing it. You're responsible for this stuff. You've totally put your foot in the neck of the police officers. And now it's, that's why progressivism is so dangerous. Usually it's mostly dangerous for women and children. Now it's dangerous for anybody. And it is dangerous for children. children. As, as the media praised these protesters, the protesters' security detail, their unofficial security detail that they provide for themselves, they're the ones who shot into that car and killed the eight-year-old. It's crazy. And they'll never have to... The best thing about being a a progressive is you never have to say you're sorry. Progressive superstar who will probably have some sway, some large influence in a President Biden's uh, administration, if there is a President Biden, she'll tell you all about the crime uptick. Interesting word, uptick. So why is this uptick in crime happening? Uptick. Isn't that a great word? It's not a spike. No, 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 no. COVID cases in Trump states, those spike. When it's about crime in big Democratic cities, those are upticks. So why is this uptick in crime happening? Well, let's think about it. Do we think this has to do with the fact that there's record unemployment in the United States right now? Is that why the dude had a cop in a headlock in the video I just watched? Because of unemployment? The fact that people are at a level of economic desperation that we have not seen since the Great Recession. Maybe this has to do with the fact that people aren't paying their rent and are scared to pay their rent. And so they go out and they need to feed their child and they don't have... Huh, in the videos I'm watching, I'm not seeing people talking about feeding their children and worrying about the rent. I'm seeing wanton violence here including against police officers, certainly against 
uh, civilians against each other. Money. So you maybe have to, they're put in a position where they feel like they either need to shoplift some bread or go hungry that night. Um, Maybe it's the fact that unemployment provisions have not been given to everyone. Maybe it's because of the fact that people have, some people still haven't gotten their stimulus checks yet. So why is this uptick in crime? First of all, the uh, uptick, 100% or more in some cities, is because criminals are being allowed to be active in criminal behavior because you're so happy with the progression of the now Marxist conglomeration Black Lives Matter progress that you don't want to say anything negative about it and so happy to disparage police. Of course, if you are a criminal right now in a big city, this is your time, man. This is it. You've got carte blanche. You've got a you've got a not get out of jail free card. You've got a not go into jail free card. And if you do go into jail, one of these progressive DAs may let you out of jail free. I like AOC. I think I I like her utter confidence. But she was a good bellwether because she has no common sense. She has no experience-based intelligence whatsoever. She has the utmost of competence. I'm uh, sorry, confidence. Her confidence has not ticked up. It has spiked since she went to college, Boston University, and learned about you know progressive, uh, progressive um, j- critical theory study on race and ethnicity and everything else. She's learned about existential, uh, sorry, existentiality, Jesus, sorry, intersectionality. She's learned all these progressive constructs. She can reel them off to you like nobody's business. Nobody's business. And there are no parameters. She can come up with a Green New Deal, which would bring our entire industry, manufacturing, production, the economic engine of this country, would bring it to a grinding halt. She can, with a straight face, pitch that to you with Ed Markey flanking her. And when you press her on it and say, well, if we stopped all carbon uh, emissions, uh, you know, combustion engine activity right now, uh, our country would plummet into a depression that we've never seen before. She can simply say, well, some of it is symbolic and some of it we mean word for word, like defund the police. Best thing about these socialist movements, it's great. It can be anything they want it to be. And the media will have their backs at any time incredible uptick uptick hey if you're the father of that eight-year-old little girl or if you're the father of that uh young guy who who got shot and chop who was what 19 or whatever we played the the audio of his father crying you know what just a casualty of the uptick what are you gonna do this it's the coronavirus unemployment so yeah we're not gonna they don't get a special day um four days of funerals for them Sorry about that. Uh, they weren't killed by cops. If they were killed by cops, maybe that kind of uptick we might talk about. Other than that, we're walking right past. Which goes right back to the Black Lives Matter thing, too. Black lives absolutely matter. Well, it, it, as long as they're shot by cops. Then they matter. Don Lemon already told us we're not allowed to talk about other black lives, remember. He's in charge of that stuff. We can't talk about um, 
Donovan was when he was browbeating that guy Cruz last week. No, 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 no. Don't conflate all lives. This is specifically police. Well, okay. But all this crime, all these stats that I just mentioned, those people getting murdered, those are black people. Those are our fellow Amer- Americans. Little kids, boys and girls, and men and women. Casualties of all this crazy violence, which has been stoked by this movement and gutless lefty politicians, and gutless lefty opportunist media, and they know what they're doing is wrong, and it's disgusting and disgraceful. And it's kicking the, the black community in the gut again. You're destroying these neighborhoods and businesses. Some of these neighborhoods will not bounce back for decades, if forever. Great job. Great job. I don't want to put everybody in a bad mood. Mood. I'm sorry I can't talk. I was one of these days here where where I've got a CPAP machine because I'm a fat idiot. And uh, the thing said I slept nine hours last night. I was like, no, there's no way. There's no way I slept nine hours. And I was in a bad mood. And I, I like I woke up this morning and went downstairs. And I, I every day I start off with iced coffee. So I have cold coffee. And I put a little, little milk in it. And the milk in my refrigerator, because these are my appliances. This is how they work. The milk in my refrigerator was frozen. So I flew off the handle and I... But I had a litany of uh, expletives, which my family heard as they were at virtual church in the living room. And so I was already just not well slept this morning, so I was already a jerk. I feel great now, but I'm jacked up on um, cocaine. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, Red Bull. And uh, so I feel like a million bucks. But uh, it was one of those days. And then I did that walk that I always do, that I talk about, because it's all I have. And um, and I just got roasted in the sun. I got a little hat and things like that, but man, you get a fat guy like me in the sun for like an hour and fifty minutes, including going up a hill. It's uh, it can roast you. So I'm going to have uh, I'm going to be happy for the rest of this podcast. Thanks for listening, by the way. Hope you're having fun. By the way, if you're in the Northeast, and I shouldn't say this because I'm having trouble finding them. And special shout out to a friend of mine named Jason Cronellis for changing my life because I've discovered something up here in the Northeast. And this is not a spot read, but it can be uh, RDT if you'd like. The Market Basket brand kielbasa, the stuff that's rolled up in a little coil, is the greatest barbecued meat I've ever had. It is incredible. I don't know why it's so good. I don't know what's going on there, but it's fantastic. And... Uh, why did I mention this? Maybe I am tired. Okay, but anyway, if you're up here, get that meat. But don't buy it if you're anywhere up in the Newburyport area. Any, Do it 100 miles away, please, from Newburyport in any direction. There are plenty of market baskets around. Because I'm having trouble finding this that keeps getting sold off of the shelves. In So, who was it I was just listening to saying they were all done with kielbasa? Somebody on the radio... Maybe it was Jonah Goldberg. That's right. It was Jonah Goldberg on his podcast saying he was done with kielbasa. And I kind of understood because I've had the deli stuff that you can buy like the eight little logs and uh, or the Hillshire Farms, whatever it's called. And that stuff's good. But after a while, you feel like it's the same DNA as bologna. And it starts to be like just kind of ugh, almost candy. This market basket stuff is not like that at all. It's awesome. Okay, so that's my tip for you. And let's see what's happening. So you can get the week started 
we'll have the audio hours before the competition. Um, so if you're like me, if you have kids, everybody's sweating about whether or not we're having school. I don't think it's going to happen up here in Massachusetts. I don't think it's going to happen in the fall. I just think the teacher unions are going to say, we're not putting our teachers at risk. And the parents are going to say, oh, well, that's fine. We're not going to pay the teachers. And then we'll have some kind of stilted attempt at something, uh, some kind of hybrid thing. Maybe where you have, um, you could get all the kids maybe in a class and then have the teacher piped in through video. I mean, nothing's, there are no dumb ideas anymore. But HHS, um, uh, not HHS, uh, Betsy DeVos, the education secretary, was on with, with Chris Matthews. Chris Wallace, I'm sorry. Who's the best of the best? Chris Wallace, he's tough. And believe me, I know that a lot of big Trump people um, hate him because they feel like he's he's vicious to Trump people. And he is vicious, but he's vicious to everybody. I mean, this guy, he's really good. I'm sorry. I know that makes you angry, but listen to this. So this is Chris Wallace and Betsy DeVos on whether or not the kids are going back to school. I want to get them back to school. The question is, how do you balance safety and learning? You have cited the American Academy of Pediatrics in a report that they issued, which said indeed that school that students do need to get back to school and that there are real costs, costs to the students in terms of not getting back to school. But the, that association issued a new report on Friday along with the teachers unions. And I want to put up what they said there. They said science should drive decision making on safely reopening schools. Public health agencies must make recommendations based on evidence, not politics. They say leave it to the health experts to say when schools should reopen in various localities. Well, I'm glad you cited the American Academy of Pediatrics because they also have noted that this whole question of school and, uh, and going back to school in the fall is one of health for students. And there are multiple measures for student health. We know, and as uh, Secretary Azar said, this is a question of health versus health, not health versus something else. We know that kids are suffering mentally uh, with, with many mental uh, issues. We know that kids are suffering with social-emotional learning issues. We know that kids from vulnerable populations and homes have been suffering by not being in school and by not continuing their learning. All of those are measures that have to be weighed along with the risk of a virus. And we know, again, from the data, that kids don't get this virus the same way adults do. And so, the, again, the, uh, the do we know about how they spread the virus? Because I've been told the science there isn't isn't so clear, Secretary. How they spread the virus conceivably to their parents, to their grandparents, to teachers in the school, to custodians in the school. Do we know that? Well, that is something that is obviously continuing to be looked at and, and studied. And there's, uh, again, a lot of data that suggests that kids are not spreaders. But the point is that kids have got to get back to school, and, it, and we can do that safely. And every community, every school can look at what their actual physical circumstances are and figure out ways to do this safely. We're, we're doing it in many other areas of life. If we can get back in other areas of life, we certainly need to get back to school. Kids cannot afford well, to not continue learning. Our nation can't afford to have kids not learning. But, but, right. So that's the point, really, back. isn't it? That 
that there is this study that says that it can lead to depression and suicide and all these other things being closer away from their friends and from their schools. I'm um I'm done with studies generally now after this year. I'm done with the HHS, I'm done with uh, Fauci and the World Health Organization and the CDC. We've gotten so much disparate information from the supposed professionals that I I'm just I've just had enough. At this point, it's going to be way too political because the teachers' unions own the school systems, and I don't think they're going back regardless. I do think that that she's right. She makes a good point that the kids generally aren't dying from this thing, and we're going to start having to tell the truth here, but nobody can because everybody's – it's an election year. Everybody's – half the country's hysterical anyway, and nobody can do anything. The only utility they see – in any fact or figure, is if it can be used to hurt Trump or hurt the other side. But kids will have to go back. At some point, we have to be America again with people driving in cars and and doing things in commerce and kids in school. You don't put kids back in school. If they're out, you're going to continue to hamper the economy, really hurt the economy. People, Parents are screwed if you keep doing this. Screwed. It, you can't, not all occupations allow you to, to get the most out of this. And then, <sighs> I don't know. I don't, I don't trust anybody. I don't trust, I don't trust anybody. In our situation, our family, my wife has now started working overnights and I work during the day, which means I have the kids during the day for a few hours, which means they essentially trash the house. I've got four kids. If you've got kids, you know this stuff. Uh, just looking at a couple headlines just popped up as I'm talking about a uh, federal officer in Portland struck with hammer during protests. Two Texas police officers killed in an ambush attack. Suspect is dead, uh, they say. Well, you know about the Goya boycott? There's, um... <laughs> there's, um... The CEO of Goya had said some kind words about President Trump, and you're not allowed to do that anymore in the fascist, uh, you know, social media uh, posse, uh, in the face of the fascist social media posse. So they were going after Goya and banning Goya and calling for uh, boycotts of Goya. People have put out these little videos showing them throwing away food, which is always excellent. That's always a good idea, especially when there's food shortages. And uh, people who, AOC just told me, people can't afford food. So her buddies are now throwing away Goya products out of protest because Trump is very bad. There is a uh, backlash against the boycott of Goya, and I am for it. I did buy a couple of Goya products. I think the the brand is fantastic. And um, and I, I, I love that the CEO said, go to hell. That is exactly what you've got to do. You cannot capitulate at all, at all, to these people. It's ridiculous. Speaking of ridiculous... Oh, no, no, I want to play this before I go there. We're going to go to Trump and DACA in a second. But... Um, what is it? Um, Chuck Todd it talked with an HHS guy, Adam um, Admiral Brett Gerard. I can't. I'll never say his name. Admiral Brett. Anyway, he's an HHS guy, and they talked about Fauci and Trump. And uh, Todd is probing to see with whether or not Fauci is uh, getting salty at Trump, and the health officials are mad at Trump because he really wants to send kids back to school and open up the country and. Trying to draw the line, Chuck Todd is, 
almost all of the media is trying to draw that Trump is killing people, really. That's what we're getting into. The final question I have for you is whether, whether uh, on this task force, whether public health guidance is being sort of um, massaged a little bit. This was from the Washington Post about Anthony Fauci. It says, Dr. Fauci has argued that parts of the country experiencing surges um, should shut down. But there is no buy-in for that, said an official with direct knowledge of the conversation who spoke on, the, on a condition of anonymity. Thanks, Anthony Fauci, by the way, should shut down. Some of these places that are surging are Florida, which has, uh, which essentially shut, opened up two months ago. A lot of these places opened up a long time ago. So why are they experiencing these spikes right now? Nobody's really sure. Is it because people are using air conditionings? Who knows? But Texas, if you want to go, cases aren't the killer here. It's the killing that's the killer. It's the people who die from COVID. That's all that matters in this pandemic, or else it's just a, a cold. So if you want to look at who's dying, you've lost 3,000 people in Texas. Texas has the uh, population of New York and New Jersey combined, and you've only lost 3,000. New York's lost over 30,000. New Jersey's lost 15,000. Massachusetts has lost 8,000. And we're told by Chuck Todd and the left and the media that these are all states that did it right. No. Coronavi the coronavirus ravaged through Massachusetts, ravaged through New York, and ravaged through New Jersey, and may have completely and ultimately destroyed every single life that it could get its DNA or whatever viruses have uh, into onto these people. And it, as of right now, thank goodness, this has not happened in Texas and Florida. Despite the cases are through the roof, there's no doubt about that. But we'll see. And this idea that, that it, you know what else happened in Florida, in Texas? Let's say, it, worst case scenario, that they lose the same amount of people that we lose. We lost up here in the Northeast. Well, they also had their economy open for a bit, and lives aren't destroyed that way. And the health fallout and the casualty and fatality fallout from that, from that economic disaster, has uh, affected them in in a with less ferocity. So I know what you're trying to do, Chuck. I get it, media. You hate Trump. I understand. I understand. It might be over in a few months, and you can move on to whatever next uh, mental health vine you jump on to. But facts are facts, okay? We know uh, uh, the veracity or, or the efficacy of masks, even though those kind of things, that changes from week to week, it seems. And whether the virus is passed uh, through, uh, through droplets from people sneezing and, sneezing and talking, or whether it's an airborne thing, that seems to be changing, who knows? But we do have the, the facts right now about fatalities and hospitalizations. And so this idea that what's happening in New York is happening in Florida, as of right now, that doesn't hold water. Um, are there some ideas that you can't propose because the president will never accept them? Oh, man. Oh, does Chuck Todd want this? Please give it to the admiral. Please tell me yes. Oh, God, please. Um, I, I want to just put this to, the re to rest. There, There is complete open honest discussion within the task force. The task force meets three or four times a week. The vice president calls me regularly. Uh, Dr. Burks is not one to hold her tongue. Believe me, if there's a public health opinion that needs to be said, that needs mm -hmm. to be it. And I respect Dr. Fauci a lot, but Dr. Fauci is not 100% right, and he also doesn't necessarily, and he admits that, have the whole national interest in mind. He looks at it from a very narrow public health point of view.
I love that. I love that he said that. Thank you so much, Admiral Brett Geroyer. But let me just say, there is absolutely open discourse. I feel absolutely free saying anything to the vice president within those rooms. The vice president, I know, briefs the president on a daily basis. So um, nobody feels uh, like anything is held back. We all take this as a serious crisis. It's got to be science driving uh, the policy, and, and that's the way it is. Yeah, interview over. Some producer there is going to get a lashing for having that guest on who did not uh, stab Trump when uh, Chuck Todd wanted him to. That is wonderful. That's my new favorite HHS admiral. Anna Navarro on CNN, you won't be surprised, has been a panelist, a ahem Republican panelist for four years since she decided Donald Trump was the Antichrist. And, of course, uh, she's got something to say about masks and PPE and all that. Because make no mistake, it is his supporters who are out there refusing to wear masks because they think it makes them look weak, because it's government overreach, because it's communism, because it's Big Brother telling you what to do. Make no mistake, those are his supporters who are out there refusing to wear masks because it makes them look weak. Now, the tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people you saw burning stuff, tearing down statues, uh, destroying entire neighborhoods. Those are somebody else's supporters. We're not talking about those people. Those people cannot get uh, or transmit the coronavirus. Those people are not in this carefully framed discussion we're having. Because it's so hard to wear a mask. I'll tell you what's hard. Wearing a nurse's uniform in an emergency room that's filled with COVID patients. How about an emergency room that's filled with uh, people who have been shot at CHOP? Is that easier or harder? What about, speaking of uniforms, how about police uniforms? I'm sure she'll get to that. It's hard. Wearing a fireman's uniform into a fire, and that's police, hard. Police Wearing the nation's uniform, oh. which President Trump refused to do and was a draft dodger for. Now, if I were the CNN anchor, who's I think Cameron Otter or some of those, I would want to step in here and just say for a second, well, hold on, Anna, just so you know, President Trump wasn't drafted. So he wasn't a draft dodger. Because he wasn't drafted. We just want to make sure, because this is a news organization full of journalists, uh, we just want to make sure we get the facts right. Now, now, Anna, just keep going. Like Tammy Duckworth did. That is hard. Wearing a mask is not hard. Breathing through a mask is not hard. Wearing Spanx is harder than wearing a damn mask. So That's her money line. Wearing Spanx is harder than wearing the damn mask. Get it? Everybody should just wear their damn mask because people are dying. People are getting sick. It's not just old people. It's not just liberals. It's Republicans. It's Democrats. It's black. It's white. It's Latino. It's rich. It's poor. COVID does not discriminate. And we are at a... COVID does discriminate, though, actually. If you have preconditions, it discriminates. Generally, it's feeding on the elderly. Uh, COVID does discriminate. It doesn't get... It doesn't get... You know, if a 10-year-old kid generally is not going to be getting COVID. It also does discriminate indirectly into minority communities because a lot of these folks, or, and this is not a, I, actually, I should just say it's a, it's a of um, economically challenged communities because uh, those folks have to go to work. At an emergency here in Florida, people got to knock off the politics and just face the science and the facts. Knock off the politics like Anna Navarro has. You know, it's that easy. That is, he can't all be perfect like Anna Navarro. Certainly, you can ask her buddy Don Lemon, also on CNN. I know somebody who wasn't perfect. But here's the thing. Jesus Christ. Already, by the way, when Don Lemon says, here's the thing, and he's usually got like one eyebrow cocked, don't you feel like you're being 
lectured to by a really dumb person. Seriously. He's just got that thing, and it's it's kind of like, a little bit like AOC. I've had friends like this, too, who they, they've decided somewhere along the lines that they're really blessed intellectually. And they're going to impart some of this wisdom onto you. And the pleasure of the little gleam in the eye, you know, with a cocked eyebrow, I'm going to say something to you and you're going to learn. And even Cuomo, Chris Cuomo during this, he's watching this. He's lapping it all up. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Don. Teach me. But here's the thing. Jesus Christ, if you believe in, if, you, if that's who you believe in, Jesus Christ, admittedly was not perfect when he was here on this earth. So why are we deifying the founders of this country? In a second. So I'm not a biblical scholar. Um, wait, maybe it was, was it, which one was it? Was it John 5, 16, where Jesus gets the cop in a headlock and calls him an MF? I think that's part of the narrative of Jesus is that he was perfect. I'm pretty sure. I don't, it, his Corey record, I think, was uh, spotless. I believe so, but then again, I, I don't have the education that Don Lemon has. Many of whom own slaves, and in the Constitution, the original one, they didn't want, uh, they, they put slavery in there, that, that slavery uh, should, should be abolished because it was the way the king wanted. And then the, the Congress said, no way. The, the originally he did write in uh, something about abolishing slavery. That's right. And you're not going to pass a constitution in 1789 or whenever it was with southern states abolishing slavery. So Jefferson keeps that nugget in about created equal, which it even at the time was debated in the Continental Congress, saying northerners saying, well, I mean, that should apply to slaves as well. That little nugget was used over the years, over the decades and over the centuries, and certainly outside of government, but using the apparatus, the pressuring the apparatus of government by MLK. You know, it was the unfulfilled promise that it was in the Constitution. But, you know what? He's Don Lemon. And you're not, okay? Um, hope your weekend was good, by the way. Uh, you know what? Donald Trump's... And I just thought of this right now. You can use this if you're in talk radio. Donald Trump's an odd fella. He said this weekend that he is now, <laughs> he's taken Jeb Bush's tact on the Dreamers. And I'm going to be, over the next few weeks, signing an immigration bill that a lot of people don't know about. And you have breaking news, but I'm signing a big immigration bill. This is an executive order? I'm going to do a big executive order. I have the power to do it as president. And I'm going to make DACA a part of it. But we put it in. And we're probably going to then be taking it out. We're working out the legal complexities, right? I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. We put it in, then we'll probably be taking it out. I don't know what it means. I know. I'm going to let him finish. He's on with Telemundo here. Maybe he's just trying to win the room on Telemundo. <laughs> now, but I'm going to be signing a very major immigration bill as an executive order, which Supreme Court now, because of the DACA decision, has given me the power to do that. One of the aspects of the bill is going to be DACA. We're going to have a road to citizenship. Okay, so that's as an executive order, not as a congressional If bill. you look at the Supreme Court ruling, they gave the president tremendous powers when they said that you could take in, in this case, 700,000 or so people. Right. So they gave powers. Based on the powers that they gave, 
I'm going to be doing an immigration bill, one of the aspects of the bill that you'll be very happy with and that a lot of people will be, including me and a lot of Republicans, by the way, will be DACA. We'll give them a road to citizenship. Okay. Am I um, high on mushrooms? What just happened? Is this Mexico? They're not bringing their best escalator, build a wall, wait your turn, all that stuff. Remember the um, kids in cages? Stephen Miller, what exactly? <laughs> what exactly is going on here? Might as well, you know what? Might as well just shake up. Magic Eight Ball will now decide what his platform is. He's done in the polls. Might as well, okay? I don't know what the hell he's thinking. If he thinks that he's going to trade those that core Trump support and exchange it out for core immigration support and somehow there's this um, rust belt of of immigration reform belt states that he's going to win? Is that the idea here? I don't know. I don't know. It's one of these things. I'm not going to have any more stress, and I don't want you to have any more stress. Let's put on some happy music. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's good. Sweet it up. When I wake up in the morning, Thanks, Bill. And the sunlight hurts my eyes. Everything's calm. And something without Ignore the Telemundo. Ignore the uptick in crime. Jesus Christ was perfect, and I think. Right with me. Just one look at you. All right, Bill, hit the uh, and hit the course. What a song! And Bill Withers, I think he just passed. Ah, oh, thanks. I feel better. I got over the frozen milk from today. I hope you got a. I was able to give you a little look into what's going on, which you'll hear tomorrow on some shows. And uh, tune in to my pals' podcasts, Jerry Callahan and um, and um, Kirk Minahan. Show. I got to catch up. I'm too behind on Minahan. And uh, yeah, last one I listened to, Mike got a reaming. And what else do we have? Listen to my friend Todd Feinberg over at WTIC and VB in the middle over at WRKO. And God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Or if this is you're listening to this on Monday, go take on the day. What happened to her, by the way? Laura Schlesinger. I used to love her. In about 1992, I lived in near L.A. for a lost six months of... Um, Watching baseball, watching the Angels, and smoking marijuana. But uh, it was legal back then, so that was just fine. What happened to Laura Schlesinger? Should I steal all these sayings of all the radio people that, that aren't here anymore? Go take on the day. Review and five stars, and maybe I'll give you some kielbasa from Market Basket. See you later.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.